Welcome to the first episode of Patterns of Behavior, where we deep dive into the people behind the crime. Today, we're going to be focusing on the disappearance of Nancy Ng. Nancy Ng is the eldest sister of four children, and she's a 29-year-old that works with special needs kids in Alhambra, California. She's independent. She loves her family. She has a cat that she loves to spend time with, and she has a loving boyfriend. And Nancy has a passion for yoga, so much so that she goes regularly on a weekly basis and even went on a yoga retreat last year. Now, this is an ongoing investigation as this just happened barely over five weeks ago. On the week of October 16, 2023, so just barely five weeks ago, a group of yoga enthusiasts head to Guatemala to this beautiful location known as Lake Adelan. Lake Adelan is a gorgeous, beautiful lake. If you look at all of the videos, you see this serene, tropical blue water, crystal clear looking, but the location is about a mile high because this lake was originally a volcanic crater that filled up with water. On that week of mid-October, this group of 10 arrives at this location in Lake Adelan. Now, it's at least the second year that they've done this exact trip with a lot of people from the same group as the first year in the same lake. So 10 people arrive in mid-October to Lake Adelan, Guatemala for this week-long yoga retreat. Now, of the 10 people, there are nine yoga members, I guess you could call them, and one yoga instructor who's actually the host for this yoga retreat. Now, the retreat that they're staying at is Lakeside to Lake Adelan. And Lake Adelan is pretty huge, actually. It's 12 miles wide by like 16 miles long or vice versa. It's a decently big lake. And at its deepest, it's about a thousand feet. So it's a pretty deep lake as well. Now, the majority of the people at the yoga retreat are there to recharge and reconnect with themselves and find their inner peace. So if you can imagine the vibe of the retreat, it's very tranquil. It's very serene. In fact, every morning they have a solitary, quiet breakfast. And the days are filled meditating, doing yoga, reflecting. So it's a very calming retreat. Now, there are other activities, obviously, because you're right by a lake, but you're also amongst the very dense foresty area that's surrounding the lake. So there's a lot of outdoor activities that can be done in the area. Now, one of the days during the retreat, I believe the retreat was originally supposed to last for about five, six days. One of the days on Thursday, October 19th, they had a kayaking trip activity plan might be a better word. So the 10 people who are staying at the retreat, they go to this place called Kayak Guatemala, which is a kayak rental company. They rent out 10 kayaks. Now, the two owners of this retreat, um, the Beals, they actually see the 10 people from the yoga retreat. They rent them the kayaks. They literally watch them go onto the lake and then kayak out. In fact, one of their employees took this photo right after they got into the water and started paddling out into the lake. Now, a couple of hours goes by. I We don't really know what they're doing, but I'm assuming they're just kind of like touring the lake, kind of getting a lay of the land. Again, if you look at the videos of the lake, it is beautiful. I mean, at different times of the day, the water is turquoise. It's decently calm. Even though it is a self-enclosed lake, the water does get a little bit choppy, especially because the altitude is really high. And there are actually a lot of gas-powered boats that work on the lake as well to do tours, to do water lake stuff. So 
Now, a couple of hours goes by. Everyone's enjoying themselves on the lake. It's getting a little bit later in the afternoon. So majority of the group returns back to shore. But the owners of Kayak Guatemala are stating that only eight out of the 10 kayaks that they rented out to this group returned later on that afternoon. As the eight were approaching shore, the other two members, one of which included Nancy Ng, were seen paddling out further into the lake. And then shortly thereafter, I'm not quite sure how much time goes by between when the group returned and when the next thing happens, but the Beals state that they're sitting at shore when all of a sudden they only see one out of the two women who went further out into the lake as the rest of the group came back, return back to shore. So a couple of hours later, I'm not 100% sure how much time went by when the eight people returned to shore and when the next instance happens, but the Beals who own Kayak Guatemala state that at some point after the eight people returned, shortly thereafter, they heard and or saw a distress signal. Now, I'm not 100% sure what that distress signal was. Was it screaming, something of that matter? But then shortly thereafter that, they see the second woman that was not Nancy Ng that went out into the lake further with Nancy Ng return back to shore. And the Beals state that from this point on, they watch the yoga instructor console the other woman that was with Nancy, escort up, up the dock, past Kayak Guatemala without saying a word or settling the bill yet, and then they basically disappear. Now, when the next morning the Beals wake up and then they realize that the bill hasn't been paid yet, they reach out to the resort where the yoga retreat is staying only to learn that everyone has cleared out. Within about eight to 12 hours after Nancy's disappearance, the whole rest of the nine members of this yoga retreat have all left to go return back to the United States. Now, according to the Beals, this means that they cut their trip about a day short as they were supposed to end on the 20th. And I believe some were supposed to fly out later that day. And some, including Nancy, were supposed to fly out on the 21st. So that Thursday, October 19th, Nancy's parents are at home and Nancy's dad receives a phone call out of the blue to state that Nancy has disappeared. And since then, it has been an absolute nightmare in trying to get the information needed to be able to find Nancy, which brings us to where we are today. Now, approximately about three weeks goes by before anyone outside of the fam immediate family and the people that went on the yoga retreat and people in Lake Adelan hear anything about this case. So the nine remaining members of the yoga retreat leave and return back to the United States. Now, at this point, I believe from based off of what the Beals stated, it takes about a day and a half to about two days before the missing person report is filed in Guatemala. So after the nine members of the yoga retreat return back home to the United States, the comfort of their own homes, by the way, unlike Nancy Ng, the Guatemalan police, after receiving the report that Nancy has disappeared, they commence a search on the lake. But unfortunately, they're only able to search for Nancy's body for three days, partially because of resources, but also because it's extremely hard to get those resources to, to this mile high lake. And in fact, in order to continue the search for Nancy Ng, Nancy Ng's family has to hire a private search and rescue team to continue the search for her. Now, for those of you who follow me on TikTok, you know that I have been reporting on this case since about it broke the news during week four, about a week and a half ago. And during that time, I've had the privilege of being in communication not only with the family, but with a contact within the search and rescue team. And from what I've heard during my conversation with the search and rescue team is, is that one of the days 
in the early on when they were looking for Nancy Ainge, it actually took the team nine hours to get from their base to reach the lake because the lake is so high up altitude wise and it's completely surrounded by mountains. If you look at this image right here, you can see that between the volcanoes, there are just mountains completely surrounding this lake. And now remember, this lake is about a mile high, which means that at that altitude with all of those mountains, the winds are highly unpredictable and strong. So he stated that one of the days that it actually took the search and rescue team about nine hours to reach the lake because of on all the unpredictable winds and not being able to fly the helicopter to get to the lake safely. And especially right after Nancy disappeared, there was a slight storm, I believe, which made it a little bit harder for the Guatemalan search and rescue team before the private team came in. So during the course of the next about three weeks, the private search and rescue team searched about 90 to 95% of the lake to about a five foot depth. Anything deeper than that um, has not 100% been covered. I mean, sure, they can see a little bit lower than that, but the dive team were only able to cover a certain range so that they cover the whole perimeter of the actual lake. That combined with the fact that there has recently has been some thunderstorms there that not only halted the search, but also made enough movement in the water to make things unpredictable. But the biggest hurdle in the road for the search and rescue team has been the fact that the only witness that was there with Nancy Yang in the middle of the lake, because remember, the other eight members of the yoga retreat returned back to shore, has not been cooperative. This other woman that went out there with Nancy has not spoken to the family, has not spoken to the search and rescue team, even though they have all reached out multiple times asking her for some information, not so that they can you know, get her in trouble or anything like that, but specifically they have told her that they need to know where to start looking. Because if you remember, she returned back to shore, didn't say a word to anyone that was there at Kayak Guatemala, you know, basically immediately thereafter, because I don't know, maybe it's just me, but if something like that happened to me and I witnessed someone drown, I would be hysterical as soon as I return back to shore and I would be 100% focused on, we have to find them, they're over there, they're over there, they're over there, they're over there, they're over there. And that's the thing is, is that this woman, she didn't communicate to anyone at all to be able to tell them it happened over there. So remember this, Lake is 12 by 16 miles. It's huge, which means that if you don't have a point of reference of where to start, and especially because part of the lake is about a thousand feet deep, it could literally be anywhere. It's like, it's literally like telling someone to find a needle, not only in a haystack, but like a mountain of hay. Where, where do you even start? How, how high up, how low, like where? So without any information or help from this woman, this, the search and rescue team has just been trying to cover as much of the lake as they can. And to be able to cover all of that space, they unfortunately can't look too deep to try to just cover as much square footage as possible, making sure that they're tackling all of the shorelines. Because if anyone knows how the water works, typically it does bring bodies it pushes them to shorelines very often than not. And because it's a nearly a mile high, the air is extremely less dense, 
which means that you are more likely to sink because typically when bodies do go under, after a couple of days, about two to three days, when your body starts to break down, all of the gases start to form, which then fills up inside of your body cavity and basically makes your body balloon up, typically bringing your body back up to the surface. Now, unfortunately, because of the higher altitude where the lake is located, because the air is less dense, even with those gaseous bubbles, the body isn't going to be brought up because the air is less dense than at sea level. So as of four weeks after Nancy's disappearance, the search and rescue team, the private search and rescue team actually covered and searched about 95 to about 99% of the lake, again, to about five feet deep. And unfortunately, they're having to restart the search mostly because of the storms that happened in the area after Nancy's disappearance. Now, the divers on the search and rescue team don't have the equipment available to go up to those altitudes to be able to dive that deep. But even with equipment, the majority of divers can only go as far down as about 130 feet. And remember, at its deepest, this lake is close to about nine times that. It's about a thousand feet deep, which means that in order to be able to look into the depths of the lake, they have to be able to bring in someone with sonar equipment to be able to scan the bottom of the lake. Now, unfortunately, there's only a handful of people in this world with not only the equipment to go that deep, but with the expertise and the hours to be able to effectively search the bottom of this lake that deep. Now, the search and rescue team, they have found someone who can use a sonar to to look down at those depths. But unfortunately, even if they do confirm that there is a body at the bottom of the lake, it'll be really costly and almost impossible to be able to retrieve any of the bodies that they find at the bottom of the lake. Now that's what's happening from a search and rescue standpoint and generally what's going on with the case. Now let's fill in some of those blanks that we know so far. Now, according to Nancy Ng's family, immediately after her disappearance, sometime thereafter, a couple days in, the Guatemalan police sent them a police report that did not have any statements from any of the witnesses included whatsoever. And I believe it took a little bit of time in order for the family to be able to reach any of the people that went to the retreat. Although a handful of people from the retreat did end up communicating with the family, according to Nancy Ng's family, there are two main people from the retreat that they have not been able to get in contact with. The first being the yoga instructor, the retreat host, and the witness who was out in the lake with Nancy Ng. Even for myself, when I started getting involved in this case, reporting it on TikTok, when I looked into who the yoga instructor was and the yoga retreat, by my second video, I'd found out who the yoga instructor's identity was before it had even been released a week later. And even during this time, there was not any activity on his social medias about Nancy's disappearance or anything of that sort. However, there were stories posted on the retreat this year up until the day that Nancy disappeared. So the yoga instructor, his name is Eddie Ramada and he goes by Yogi Eddie on social media. And if you had checked out his Instagram a week before his name had been released to the public, when I found his name, when I was first reporting on this story for TikTok, he still had stories up from this year's retreat up until the day before Nancy disappeared. The first story from this retreat was the first day of the retreat when they first started doing yoga with most of the people, I believe, in a downward dog pose. 
and one of those people was Nancy. Now, the subsequent stories after that included one of the morning breakfasts where Eddie shows himself walking down the stairs with the caption that they're all eating in silence and solitude, eating breakfast, and then he goes towards everyone eating breakfast on this beautiful patio that looks out into Lake Adelan, and everyone is sitting at a table for two by themselves eating breakfast looking out onto the lake. So on the day that I named Eddie Ramada on the TikTok video, he actually DM'd me and in fact commented on the same video that was uploaded on Instagram to let me know that I had supposedly been given misinformation by the family and the search and rescue team. He also let me know that he had proof that he was gonna upload soon. And later that evening, he sent me a DM of his plane ticket or a snapshot of what seemed to be his plane ticket saying that he departed Guatemala on Saturday, October 21st, two days after Nancy disappeared. And originally, I had just kind of glossed over this information, even though I kind of was like, hey, this doesn't really prove anything because I don't know when you purchased this ticket or if it was actually used. So I kind of let it go. And then earlier this week, I kind of decided to look at that ticket again and use the information on the ticket that he sent me to look up to see if I could find a receipt. And the first thing that I noticed was that it was obviously a United Airlines ticket. So I went on United Airlines, plugged in all of the information that I had that he had given me on that snapshot and was able to find this receipt that stated that he bought the ticket on October 20th, the day after Nancy disappeared, which means that hours after Nancy disappeared, he bought this plane ticket to leave Guatemala, to leave the country where his friend disappeared to return back home, which seems to contradict what his and Christina's side are saying, that they did everything possible to try to find Nancy, which... I would assume means that you would stick around longer than a couple of hours and then literally work with the authorities to try to tell them where the body is. But honestly, it just blows my mind that Eddie Ramada sent me this. I think he thought that he was trying to gaslight me into thinking that like, hey, how could I have fled the country if we didn't leave the country immediately thereafter, even though the owners of the kayak rental company through the media stated multiple times that they had left the resort for probably the airport about eight to 12 hours after Nancy's disappearance. And none of this is to say that they were responsible for Nancy's disappearance, but it's just another piece that seems very suspicious activity for people who didn't do anything wrong. Now, around the middle to the end of the fourth week after Nancy's disappearance, the search and rescue team that was hired by Nancy Ng's family released the two names of the woman who was with Nancy when she disappeared and the yoga instructor's name because they desperately needed the information to find out what happened to her and where she disappeared if she did in fact drown so that they can try to more successfully look for Nancy's body from a more strategic standpoint. Because when you know where they disappeared, you can kind of try to guess where things happened, the timeline of where things could have gone or where it could have gone, what, what could have happened with the tides, things like that. But they didn't have any of that information as stated before. So they desperately released those names, even though beforehand they purposely didn't release the names, even though they knew from early on because they didn't want to scare those witnesses away by making it so public. But after four weeks of pleading with them to please help them find the location, to determine the location of Nancy's disappearance, especially from the female witness, 
they found it imperative to at least release the name because they had their backs to the wall, essentially. And the woman that was out there in the middle of the lake when Nancy Ying, when she disappeared, has been identified by the search and rescue team as Christina Blazik, Christina Marie Blazik, who is actually a public defender for San Bernardino County in California. Yeah, which means that she's a lawyer, which assumingly means that she knows how the law works and how you're supposed to help people when people disappear. And for four weeks, for four weeks, she didn't say a single word, not to the family, to the public, or anybody. In fact, this woman returned from the retreat and immediately started going back to work and pretending like nothing even happened. Now, as a lawyer, I would assume that she should know well enough to know that that looks really suspicious. And then not only did it take her four weeks to finally say something, but when she did, it was actually through her lawyer, who is Christopher Gardner, who she knows through the public defender's office in San Bernardino County. And Christopher Gardner, her lawyer, earlier this summer of this year, he was actually investigated and sued by women who worked for him for the public defender's office in San Bernardino County claiming and accusing Christopher Gardner of using his position as a public defender to coerce these women into sex. And I don't know what happened there. I can't say if he's guilty or not, but what I can tell you is that that case was settled out of court. The county awarded the women $3 million and Christopher Gardner is paying these women $40,000 out of his own pocket through a settlement as well. And not that his case has anything to do with Nancy Ng's disappearance, but I just want to give you a quick idea into the type of people that Christina Blazik is surrounding herself with during this time where she's acting very suspicious along with some other suspicious characters. And through her lawyer, Christina Blazik had to make a couple of these statements that I'm going to read to you now. First off, Christopher stated this, and I quote, my client did not go anywhere with Ng they happened upon each other on the lake. So for some reason, he decided to make it very obviously known that they didn't paddle out into the lake together, but they went separately after kayaking with a group of 10. And when eight of them returned back to shore, her account is that the two of them separately decided to stay on their kayaks. And instead of being like, oh, you're on your kayak, I'm on my kayak, let's go kayak together. They were just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to go off, do my thing. Oh, look, we happened upon each other in the middle of this 16 mile large lake. We just happened upon each other. And then through her lawyer, Christina Blazik claims, and, and I quote from her lawyer, Christopher Gardner, she tried to help her not to swim. And again, through her lawyer, Christina claims that when they met up in the middle of the lake after just happening upon each other, just the two of them, you know, in this 16 mile long lake, that Stephanie, after eight of the other people who could be watching her for her safety decided to return to shore, was like, you know what? Now that the water is choppier because later in the day, and you know what? Now seems like a good time to go swimming when it's just you and me. At which point, Christina claims that she told Nancy that the waters looked choppy and that she didn't think it was a good idea. And then that Nancy insisted and decided to go swimming anyway, at which point through her lawyer, Christina is claiming that Nancy, while jumping into the lake, 
kicked off her kayak, which pushed it away. So Christina went to go grab it. And as she was paddling back with it, apparently it sounds like she used one of her spare legs to hook onto Nancy's kayak with herself inside of her kayak. And while trying to paddle, while trying to paddle back to Nancy, she said that Nancy's kayak slipped away from her. So she turned around to go grab it again. At which point when she turned around, she's claiming that Nancy was just gone. Nancy decided to be like, now is a great time to go swimming, at which point Christina told her, hey, the water is a little rough and there is an undercurrent. So she allegedly advised Nancy not to go in the water. And that's when Nancy decided to ignore her warning and go, no, now is a great time for me to go swimming. Now, by herself, in choppier waters, with only one person watching her versus nine. So according to Christina, Nancy then drowned. Christina then put out a distress call and then returned back to shore and then went back to the resort and then came back home to the United States. Now, Christina is claiming that she did give a statement to the Guatemalan police before she came back. However, as stated by Nancy's family, there was no witness statement inside of the Guatemalan police report that they received from the Guatemalan police department. And even the Guatemalan prosecutor's office through the media have confirmed that they did not get any witness statements, including from the sole witness who was out there with the lake, a.k.a. Christina Marie Blazik. And from what I've been told by the search and rescue team was that apparently there was a report, but it just disappeared which is the reason why the Guatemalan prosecutor's office has been stating that they need to get back in touch with Christina Marie Blazik to get her account, which is why the Guatemalan prosecutor's office has been vaguely stating that they need to get back in touch with the witness because it seems like they don't actually have a statement on record, which means a couple of things, right? It either means that Christina Blazik did give her statement to the Guatemalan police and they lost it, or she never gave a statement the Guatemalan police never took a statement and now they're trying to backtrack and cover up because they didn't take the ob most obvious thing that they should have done is take a witness statement and now they're trying to cover their ass. Now, I'm not stating that neither Christina or Eddie had anything to do with anything, but there are a lot of very peculiar things that took place on both of their behalves as well as the rest of this case in general. Now, let's go over some of those things. So the first thing is immediately after the yoga retreat, after returning back from Lake Adelan, where Nancy Ng just disappeared, Nancy Ng, who wasn't just a random person, but someone who had attended Eddie Ramada's yoga class for over a year because she had at least gone to the same exact retreat at Lake Adelan through Eddie Ramada the year prior, which was actually documented on a social media post that was posted by the resort from the trip last year that included a group shot of both Eddie and Nancy that was taking in the photo. So they weren't strangers. They had known each other for at least a year and she had regularly gone to his classes at a yoga studio in Pasadena called Hot 8 Yoga that Eddie regularly teaches at both at their Pasadena location and in Koreatown. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because the majority of the people that went on this retreat to Lake Adelan were from Eddie Ramada's yoga class at the Pasadena Hot 8 Yoga location. The majority of them were regulars of that class and not only knew Eddie, but all knew each other because they saw each other regularly there. So these people knew each other decently well enough that they called each other friends. In fact, a couple of people who know the people involved 
from the yoga studio have told me and used the words friends to describe the relationship between Nancy and Eddie, as well as Nancy and Christina Blazik as evidenced by these photos that were taken with Nancy for both of them. And imagine your friend just disappeared at a yoga retreat, including one for Eddie, one that you organized, and then they come back and from the people that I know that are associated with and attend Hot 8 Yoga, what I understand is immediately thereafter, Eddie just returned as if nothing had happened and he just started teaching yoga again. There was no talk of Nancy pretty much, as well as some of the yoga retreat goers also just regularly started coming back to class. Now, maybe it's just me, but if someone I knew from a community that I saw regularly on a weekly basis, I would have, and, and someone from that group went missing, I would assume that we would, I don't know, um, have a tribute, try to find, get some funding. I would at the very least blast it out on social media that this person that I know and love, who has also literally been my client and helped me live my life, has disappeared. But not only did Eddie nor Christina do that, but they just pretended like nothing happened. From what I understand, they just went right back to life as normal. In fact, as I stated earlier, if you had gone to Eddie Ramada's Instagram the week before his name was released, he still had his stories up on his pinned stories on his Instagram account for the retreat, not only including the advertisements that he had with the link so you could go buy tickets to be a part of this retreat, but he had stories from the first couple days of the retreat up until Nancy disappeared. He just left that up for a month. And someone who was at one of the classes shortly after Eddie Ramada came back from his trip overheard someone asking Eddie how the trip went, and they heard Eddie reply back with, it went great, which doesn't seem to be the kind of response you would have after someone you know for over a year who regularly attended your class and funded your life essentially by being your client disappeared on a retreat that you put together on an activity that you helped plan. And now another peculiar thing is, is that the group of 10 after they left the lake from the kayak excursion, left Kayak Guatemala, went back to the resort and someone from that group ransacked Nancy's room because the resort found Nancy's stuff strewn all about the room after everyone left. Now, when I heard that detail, for me personally, my mind immediately went towards maybe there were some substances involved, some light spiritual substances. Maybe it was one of those two that gave it to Nancy. And when she drowned, they got scared, came back and ransacked her room or things like that. But from what I've heard, not only just including from Nancy's family, but all the people that knew Nancy that I spoke to, that was not something that Nancy was into. In fact, someone who is associated with Hade Yoga, who knows Eddie decently well, told me that Eddie isn't the most responsible person. And what this person heard through the grapevine was that Eddie did not ask any of the people that had attended the retreat for an emergency contact. Because, you know, typically when you go out on any excursion, a group trip, even if you go bungee jumping, you have to sign in and fill in your emergency contact, their name, their number, so that if anything happens to you, they know who to alert, the family, the friends, your circle, so that anyone within your 
group can know that something happened to you or be there for you, come and get you, whatever it is. But he didn't. And from what this person hypothesized, they believe that Eddie or someone from the group was frantically looking for an emergency contact from Nancy. Because the other thing this person heard was that Eddie actually had to call Hot 8 Yoga to get someone to look up Nancy Ng's emergency contact on her file there. A couple of different scenarios come to mind on what possibly could have happened, right? So with the information that we know so far, we know that it most likely was not drug related. Now that doesn't mean that it couldn't have happened, but it's a very high likelihood that it was not what happened. The other thing that this possibly could have been that a lot of people theorize about after the case is broken is that this was possibly a lover's quarrel between a love triangle, which doesn't really make sense because not only is Nancy Ng still currently in a loving relationship, but I believe Eddie Ramada would not have been interested in either of the women anyway. Now, Christina Blazik is claiming that she turned around to grab Nancy Ng's kayak and when she turned around that she had just disappeared. And while it is true that people can drown silently in an instant, I believe someone can go under and start sinking within about eight to 10 seconds after after taking in water. Now, one of the most realistic reasons as to how Nancy could have immediately drowned is if while she was in the water, a boat that was speeding on the lake hit her in the head and she instantly sunk. And according to the search and rescue team, around that time on that day, there were not a lot of other boats that were out on that lake, especially near where the group was earlier in the day and where they believe Nancy and Christina was when Nancy disappeared. And another really popular hypothesis that a lot of people think happened is that Nancy was trafficked, which personally for me, I don't think really makes a lot of sense in this scenario because Nancy was with Christina and I don't know any traffickers, but I find it hard to believe that traffickers would see two American women and only take the one and leave the other. Not to mention, I don't know how witnessing someone get trafficked would make someone not speak out or try to help find the body for over four weeks. So it is starting to seem a lot like Nancy did most likely drown, but what the circumstances of her drowning, that's the part that is extremely, extremely unclear. Could it have gone the way that Christina claims that it did where Nancy decided to go for a swim after the waters got a little bit rougher after the majority of the group left and she was only left with one other person and Christina went to go get her kayak and while she was doing that, Nancy just happened to drown? Yeah, that could have happened. But Nancy's family states that Nancy was an extremely strong swimmer and they find it hard to believe that Nancy immediately started to struggle and went under. And for me personally, knowing that Nancy worked with special needs kids as her job and profession, I'm inclined to think that she's pretty careful when it comes to trying to avoid accidents and things like that. Working with special needs kids, you just have to be very on top of everything. And someone like that who does that for a living, I find it really hard to believe that she didn't do any risk assessment and she decided to go swimming at a later part of the day when the water is a little bit rougher, when the water isn't as warm, and when the majority of her group has left and she's just left out there alone with one person. I don't know. I find that a little bit hard to believe. 
Now, it doesn't help that there is also a lot of folklore and legends that's tied with Lake Adelan. For instance, some believe that there is a city of gold that sits at the bottom of the lake or that a monster or a dragon lives thousand feet underneath the lake in the caves and catacombs. There's a story about how the Spaniards, when they first came to Guatemala, decided to try to find gold that was hidden in the hills and inside of the lake by the Mayans and that those Spaniards never came back from that excursion. And whenever tourists go missing in the lake, which does happen pretty regularly, those legends always come right back because oftentimes those bodies are not found and people just go missing, which again, doesn't make sense in this scenario because Christina was there. But as I stated before, it's starting to seem like Nancy drowned, whether it was accidental or on purpose. And even the drowning theory becomes very precarious and peculiar when you learn that the search and rescue team were unable to confirm that Nancy ever went into the water with the other witnesses. In fact, even Nancy's family have stated that all of the other witnesses outside of Christina and I believe possibly Eddie have stated that they did not see Nancy get off the kayak and go into the water at any point. Which means that the only person who supposedly saw Nancy get in the water was also the only person who took almost four weeks to even say anything about the incident and only because her name had been released to the public. And again, I'm not insinuating in any shape or form that Christina Blazik or Eddie Ramada had anything to do with Nancy's disappearance, but a lot of their behaviors during and immediately after have been very, very suspicious. And unfortunately, this is one of those cases where the more I find out, the more questions that I have. And so does the family. I mean, we're speaking about a dad who up until the fourth week was still hoping to get a ransom phone call in the middle of the night because that means that Nancy is at least still alive. But Nancy Ng is still missing and her family is still very desperate to find out what happened to her and hope to bring her home, which means that they are having to fund this search out of their own pockets because Guatemala doesn't have the resources. So if you are able to, they have a GoFundMe set up. Um, if they do find a body at the bottom of the lake through the sonar and they do try to bring it up, it is going to cost them a fortune if it's even possible. So if you can, please donate and help them out so that they can help bring Nancy home. Otherwise, thank you for joining me on the first episode of Patterns of Behavior. And make sure you tune in every week as we deep dive into the people behind the crime. I'm Ed and I will see you next week on Patterns of Behavior. Well, thank you for joining me on my first episode. I was definitely a little bit nervous. Hopefully it's going to get a lot better. But if you would like to support um, the work that I do, especially including this podcast, I will be setting up a Patreon um, as well. So if you would like to be a producer for everything that I'm doing, honestly, and help me support to keep this sustainable, uh, please do go support me on there. Otherwise, um, I thank you guys for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, all of that good stuff. And I will see you on the next one.